Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. And uh, or welcome if you are new here. I definitely thank you guys for stopping in. Uh, so before I get started, if you could go ahead and like, subscribe, and share the podcast, that would mean the world to me. And if you got time, if you can uh, take your phone out and leave a, uh, a review on whatever uh, app you are listening to the podcast on, that would mean the world to me as well. Uh, so last episode, you know, we were talking a little bit about. Uh, some different numbers, things that we were looking at, uh, you know, kind of before the futures market opened on Monday. And uh, I was saying that I was thinking that the market was going to open green. And then, of course, the uh, the futures market opened up. It was looking, you know, it was red, barely. And then as kind of the, the, the night went on, it got worse and worse. We ultimately opened up in the red on Tuesday and uh, we kind of fell like a rock. Uh, and I thought I was going to have to come here and swallow all those words and pretty much eat everything I said on uh, Monday's show that came out Tuesday uh, with the holiday. My week's a little messed up. But, uh, you know, ultimately, the market rallied back positive. So we we had a negative day. It didn't do the uh, some of the movement with the volatility it was doing last week where we had, uh, I think, about 50 uh, changes over that neutral line of zero uh, for the day. We uh, we ultimately just really had one. It just really went from red to green, and it stayed there. Uh, I know the the Dow was kind of slower to move. The Nasdaq was the big winner of the day, uh, but then today I'm looking at the market on uh, on Wednesday, and very very quiet out there. I'm I'm 0.02 percent down on the day, which is nothing for what the market has been doing. Uh, but I do think all the indices, uh, all the major markets ended in the green. But uh, I guess I've got something that's pulling me down. I think there was some stuff with uh, some foreign EVs that I'm probably a little bit more heavily weighted to that uh, ultimately pulled me down on the day. But um, yeah, the Dow closed the day up 70, NASDAQ up 39, S&P up 13. Uh, so yeah, small movements, very, very quiet out there. You know, it is the, the first week of the, the third quarter. It's going to be a quiet week. There's not many, there's no companies reporting that I know of. Uh, so there's none of that movement. There are some employment numbers and some, uh, fed minutes that are going to be coming out, I believe Friday. Uh, so we've got that to look forward to, but overall, uh, the you know the thirty years back up above three percent. The ten years you know hanging out right around two nine, and uh, it's it's kind of quiet. But uh, you know we did hear some stuff from uh, about the uh, laptop and computer market being in a slump, and a lot of people saying that the chip demand is slowing. So you know last year we were everyone needed chips. We still need the chips but that demand is dropping. Uh, you know, as everyone kind of upgraded their their computers and all their, their home office stuff from COVID and uh, 2021, if they got new jobs, you know, might've been laid off and got a new position, they, they got their office together. You know, now there's not as much demand for the chips. 
Uh, so Micron kind of said that demand was slowing. And, uh, you know, there's some other stuff out there. They had a pretty good quarter, but uh, ultimately some of that demand is slowing. So, you know, eh, I really don't think that it is a major concern at this point. But there are so many people that are uh, went from being very bullish to bearish. We're getting a lot of downgrades on a lot of stocks. We're getting slight trims to just, you know, decimation of where they're going to be. And then some people just moving straight to sell uh, on some different names. So we really want to take a look at what companies we're in. We want to make sure that we are in some safe ones. And uh, ultimately, I don't know that I want to do any real buying uh, until probably uh, first week of August with some of the, the news on recession coming out uh, July 28th. We're really looking for those numbers to come out to really give us some kind of uh, forward guidance as to what that means. And, uh, you know, just looking at crude prices right now on oil, you know, they went under $100. But, uh, you know, the, the analysts really don't know where, where to go from here. Uh, I believe City came out and said it was uh, $65 if we get into a recession. And, you know, I'm seeing analysts also say up to a high of $380 a barrel, which I, I don't know who that one was. I, I know uh, there was another one that came out that was about 140 yesterday. And I forget that analyst also, but so there's this range of, you know, minus 20, 30% to plus 30, 40%, uh, just from, you know, the, the numbers yesterday. So we really need to get some clarity as to what's going on, if there's going to be a recession. And then ultimately I think we're going to see uh, a lot more movement around that time. I'm not saying we won't get some movement before there, but, uh, Ultimately, I think we really need a heads up or some kind of answers from, you know, one of the many things that are lingering out there, whether the, the Fed's going to continue to raise the rates to try to fight inflation or if that's going to hurt the economy too much. We're going to see some of those numbers come out. So that's really what the Fed's going to do. They, they have that control to either raise rates to uh, fight inflation or they can also, you know, monitor the, uh, the the monetary policy in order to get more money or, you know, that kind of stimulus out there in order to jumpstart the economy. So right now, we're really looking like we're going to just be fighting inflation. But uh, if that number comes down to where they want to see it, uh, around that 2%, I know that's not going to be immediate. But uh, at some point, they're going to have to say, hey, you know, the, the economy is slowing too much. We're really trying to thread this needle for a soft landing. And right now, we're, we're just not there. So, you know, uh, one, one of the things I really wanted to talk about on this episode was the idea of cash is trash or cash is king. You know, we've heard both. So ultimately, what one are we leaning to or what where where does that really leave us? OK, so. Uh, I, I have some thoughts on it, um, I, and I believe both of them are somewhat right. You you want to have your cash reserves. Uh, a lot of people are saying to build up your cash cash position right now as they think it's going to get worse before it gets better, uh, and that could lead into buying some stocks when they go into a heavier dip. That could lead into buying some uh, properties or some real estate. If things drop, although I do think the real estate market is going to take longer to drop, uh, just because, you know, the, the stock market, you can move in and out of positions uh, much quicker. And, you know, properties, real estate is going to take 
uh, much longer to get it listed, get uh, showings, go to closing, settlement, all that. So there's going to be a lag. And uh, we saw that back in the uh, the financial crisis in 2008. The market dropped 08, 09. But uh, housing prices really didn't bottom until 2012. So, you know, there is this laggard effect with real estate. So that might not be your first option or your first your, your best opportunity in the short term. But uh, there's a lot of people saying that cash is going to be needed to buy these dips in stocks or ETFs, things like that, that you might be looking to buy on a discount. Uh, but that being said, you really need to have the cash in order to take advantage of these opportunities. So for me, I still stick with the six to 12 months of emergency money on hand. Uh, you know, whether it's between five to 20% of your overall portfolio in cash, that certainly makes sense to me. I tend to be around that 10% mark into cash. That's kind of where I just tend to float and, uh, just kind of depends on, uh, you know, billables, receivables, things that I've got going on with my business as to how much is out versus how much is, uh, is on hand at any given point in time. But, um, you really want to have, uh, that reserve. Uh, for me, I keep more in the business account to, to run the day-to-day -day and things like that. But uh, if you don't have a business, uh, you can certainly just keep that cash account for uh, an emergency. You know, if, if things get really bad and you, you know, get laid off or something like that, you have that cash in order to survive until you get something else going. Uh, so cash is not completely trash from that standpoint. But uh, in the way of having all your money in cash, uh, I do agree. You don't want to have all your money in cash because inflation is just eating away at it left and right. And uh, the market has done worse than uh, inflation right now, uh, being down 20 to 30% on uh, the NASDAQ or uh, the S&P. You're, you're down a little bit less than the NASDAQ in that regard. But um, you know, inflation being at eight and a half percent is certainly eating away at your cash position. Also, you don't have the buying power that you once had with that uh, same equivalent. And, uh, you know, just a couple of years ago's money, even 2020, you know, cash certainly went further then. So you, you really want to have enough to weather a storm, but you don't want to have too much to where you, uh, are losing money just simply due to inflation. So what, where, where's that balance? Where do you want to go? Uh, for me, I think I'll, there's definitely some places you can put your money. You can certainly put it into bonds. Uh, you know, some of those are paying in, in the range of 9% right now. The, the T bills or the treasury bills are, uh, you know, very safe, but you're only going to be getting about that 3% return. Uh, so, you know, that might be some option, but uh, those also generally have uh, a longer maturity on those. You can't necessarily go right to cash if something were to come up where you want to buy stocks or if you want to buy properties. That's not really a great option. Uh, CDs aren't doing anything. And, uh, you know, you could go into the stock market. There is a lot of volatility there. And uh, you almost need to have a stock with a five to eight percent dividend in order to really uh, be safe, have that dividend. You're getting some uh, payments on that, and uh, you really want a stock that is going to be more of a of a staple, uh, not anything that's going to be very uh, fluctuating in, in the market. Not a lot of companies that are going to default on uh, risks from being tied to uh, Europe or uh, 
Asia or anything with Russia right now, you kind of want to really pick your battles as to where you're going to park that money in order to get it out if you need to do something different with it. But uh, that being said, I'm still looking at uh, all the pharmaceutical names, all the consumer staples, food names, um, things like that that are really going to weather a storm a good bit better. You want companies that don't have a lot of debt, aren't tied to uh, you know, weaker currencies in Europe right now, the uh, the euro is at a 20-year a low. So if uh, those companies are selling in Europe and then they have to bring the euros back and exchange them, they are ultimately losing money on that exchange rate because the dollar is much higher. And uh, that's kind of a bad spot to be also. So right now I'm looking more at the US-based uh, companies that are, you know, run at a very tight ship, have a, a nice dividend to uh, weather that uh, downturn. If we do get one, if we do enter a recession, you really want to look at names like that. You can also look at uh, some of the different ETFs that are, are US based or have uh, a lot of the companies are based in the US. But uh, you, you really want to take a look and see what's going to work for you. Because my plan that's going to work for me might not be what's going to be best for you. And uh, your time horizon, your you know your risk, um, how much risk you want to take on, all those different things. So really look at uh, the companies that you're investing in. If you need to get that cash out, and uh, if a, if a bond might work better for you, or if the market might be a better place for you to park some money right now. But uh, like I said, you don't want to have anything that uh, if you're really looking to invest within uh, six to six months to a year, you don't want to tie up that money in something where you can't get the money back out or you have a lot of risk for that uh, initial capital to uh, decay away from uh, you know other financial risks or another uh, COVID variant or another problem that we don't see coming down. Uh, so sometimes diversification into a, a pharmaceutical, a consumer staple, uh, a bank or financial or insurance company, Move it across a couple different names could be another way that you're going to have a lot more safety and also get some different returns from uh, dividends and uh, a lot of companies that are doing buybacks as their uh, stocks get lower. You know, so those might be uh, some good names to look at as well. But uh, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break and we're going to get right back and we're going to talk some more about some other ways. Uh, to protect your portfolio and uh, also maybe even some stuff about uh, getting your kids invested. So we'll uh, take a look at that here in a second. So stick around. All right, we are back here on the show. So if you are not a member of the Let It Grow Investing page on uh, Facebook, if you could go ahead over there, uh, there's a link in the description to uh, become a member. And uh, we're trying to build a, a community of like-minded investors where we can share uh, different ideas that we're seeing or different uh, news items. And uh, we've also got the uh, the 2022 investing challenge where I am investing $200 every Monday based on a stock that the uh, group will vote on. I will put out five names, uh, get your votes in. And this week is going to be uh, five different names that are going to be Names that I was looking at to buy for my son's birthday well, in this community uh, portfolio. But uh, it's basically that uh, on the 11th is my son's birthday. We'll be buying a stock that day. So I picked five different names that I thought he might be interested in. Uh, kind of to get him interested in, in stocks. You know, he's going to be six. So he's, he's definitely young. But uh, I have been planning ahead 
for him. So uh, these five names this week are going to be Disney, tickers DIS, Roblox, ticker is RBLX, uh, McDonald's, MCD, uh, Nintendo, NTDOY, and Hasbro, the ticker is HAS. So five different names that I thought uh, could get your kids interested in investing. Uh, and for him, I do put money away in a, uh, a custodial account that I manage through E-Trade, uh, as well as a 529 for uh, school and for, uh, you can use it for schooling, for college, trade school. I think you can use it for uh, private schools before the age of 18. And there's a couple different things that you can do with it. But uh, if your kids end up not going into uh, one of these different types of schools, either uh, you know vocational, trade schools, anything like that, you can take that money out uh, and use it for whatever. If you need to buy a house or if you're trying to start a business, you can use it for that. Although you will get taxed on it as income, but uh, that would be taken out when they are, uh, I guess, whenever they're uh, of adult age, so 18 onward. And uh, so there's some other stipulations there, but uh, I, I know Maryland's is managed through T. Rowe Price. Every state has their own uh, financial fiduciary that takes care of it. And for some some reason, T. Rowe Price has Maryland. Uh, so I believe everyone has uh, a not every state is different, but uh, a lot of them have different uh, uh, banks or investment partners that they work with in order to have those programs in place. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, there's definitely some advantages to that. You can get some tax breaks. I believe it's twenty five hundred dollars per child per year. Uh, and if you are married, you can both have an account. For the uh, child, so as much as five thousand uh, a year per kid. If you're, it, it's kind of kind of tricky there. I'm not a a tax expert, so definitely check with your uh, your tax advisor, and uh, you know go through all those steps. But uh, then on the uh, custodial side, I set it auto uh, weekly to to withdraw and go into the account, and then I will self. Uh, direct the funds as to where to go, what to buy. And uh, that has worked for me. You can simply buy an ETF if that's something that you want to do, where the uh, the 529 is a end date fund, where it's uh, set up to be uh, growth until they're 18. So uh, in this case, what is it? A 20, oh boy, 2034 fund is when his is set to mature. So it's definitely more aggressive in the beginning. And then it kind of tapers off to less aggressive as to when you're going to need those funds. Um, so pretty much just go ahead uh, to your state's 529 and try to get started that way. And, uh, you know, also make sure you're getting your votes in for the investment challenge uh, as to which one of these five we're going to end up buying. Uh, for him, loosely, I'm saying that it's going into the uh, the Weeble portfolio where you can uh Add fractional shares if that's something that you're looking to do. And uh, that's one way that you can just kind of set up uh, a flat rate every week. And uh, like this past week, we went ahead and we bought Lowe's. That's what uh, everyone had picked for, what was it, week 27. And uh, now this one is going to be week 28, I believe it is. So go ahead, go over there. And uh, if you're not a member, please join and uh, get your votes in. But uh, that being said, we've got uh, some other stuff going on out there. We had, uh, what are we looking at? I was saying uh, 
Well, one stock that came up that uh, I didn't really know that they had this. It was uh, Enterprise Partners, EPD. They, uh, I just saw someone uh, say that they were going to be a solid buy right now as they are in that oil and gas area, but they're an MLP, uh, so it's a master limited partnership. And uh, ultimately, you're going to have a little bit of different on your tax forms. But one good thing in their contracts that they have is that uh, they have a cost of living increase clause built into them. So it might be a good way to protect your portfolio a little bit in the way that um, you know other stocks might not have. So uh, their, their contracts automatically go up based on that cost of living. And uh, you're also getting about a 7.75% dividend right now on EPD. And it's it's one that I've had for a while. There's currently about a 31% upside on this for uh, an average price target of about $31, currently sitting at $23.67. And well, these all these buy ratings are from back in May, but uh, all of them that I'm seeing five in May are all buys for prices in the low 30s. So I kind of wanted to bring that one up to you guys that uh, that might be somewhere to look to get a little bit of safety. Uh, I know we are saying about, uh, you know, oil having that wide range of um, price points, but uh, one that I think could serve you well and uh, kind of weather the storm, give you some upside, give you some dividend. It could be a place to park some cash. And uh, I think this one I tucked away in my uh, my IRA, my SEP IRA. And uh, it's it's done well for me. The beta is super low too. So that's another way that you can protect yourself is when you're looking at stocks, uh, anything below a one is less risky. A one is the average of the S&P. Uh, above one is going to be more risky, more volatile, is going to have more movement. Uh, and a, you know below that is going to be obviously less risky. So 0.3 tends to be one that's not going to be very volatile. Um, you know, like I said, this one is at 2360. The low on the year is uh, 2042 and the high was 2865, which is a pretty significant range, but we're right in the middle of that. And uh, some other stocks have, you know, 70, 80% swings right now. Uh, so when I'm looking at a five-year chart, this one has just been kind of churning along. Uh, even five years ago, it was upper 20s. Uh, COVID low dropped down to 13 but it's been clawing its way back up and it's been really in that 20 to 30 range for five years. So is it going to make you rich? Uh, probably not. It's not going to give you that growth that a lot of other companies might give you, but uh, it is going to be one that is going to be slow and steady wins the race kind of deal. It's trading at 11 and a half times earnings. That super low beta could be a good spot to help you um, preserve some capital and weather the storm. So just one that I wanted to throw out to you. So you kind of had some different ideas of things that might work. Uh, and then some other updates to the S&P 500. You know, we had been talking about uh, some some names getting out of there. I know Under Armour got bumped out of the S&P 500. Uh, Oracle got bumped out of the S&P 500. But uh, which one's got in in this week or last week on semiconductor ticker is on uh they got brought in and uh you know we were talking about chips slowing but they still have uh some some good uh buy targets on that one we also have uh kdp which is Keurig dr pepper 
so that one got brought into the S&P 500. So that's a kind of a consumer staple type company. Um, eh, maybe some kind of discretionary there as well. And then uh, Vici Properties, V-I-C-I. So that one is going to be a REIT, which is going to be a real estate investment trust. Uh, currently paying about 4.7% in, uh, in dividends and a sub one beta on that name also. So it's at 0.9. The PE is going to be at 18.9, which we're normally looking at uh, funds uh, from operations or free cash flow on a real estate investment trust. But this one is going to be a little less risky as well. Uh, so some different names there that you might want to look at. And if you're buying the S&P 500 in index like uh, VOO, you're going to get these names automatically. So that is nice about a uh, an ETF that tracks the whole market is that you're going to get this revolving door of you know companies that don't fit the bill anymore if their market cap falls or if something isn't fitting for the S&P, a new company will get brought in. So you never really have too many that are going to be super losers. They're going to kind of churn along and keep the good ones in. And slowly the other ones get weeded out. And then, you know, those are sold out of the S&P index. So that's how that works. Uh, so, you know, when you're buying, uh, say, $1,000, you're, you're, you know, if it's a market weighted, you'd have approximately $2 going to every company. But uh, if it's not market weighted, uh, you know, like right now, a lot of them that are uh, like VOO are going to be heavier in Apple, Microsoft. So you'd have 5% or 7% going to those names. But um, that's not also the, the end of the world either. Uh, so VOO is one that I am in, and I'm not in any equal weighted uh, portfolios that, that track the S&P 500. So you're, you're more tied to some of those tech names. Uh, but that being said, I am definitely fine with investing into uh, Microsoft and Apple. Those are still some large positions for me. Uh, Apple, you know, they do have some other ties to uh uh, China and uh, the Shanghai shutdowns and everything like that is still uh, top of mind for me. It's still something that I'm definitely watching. I don't want to uh, be blindsided. Uh, I think a lot of people haven't really priced that in. I kind of alluded to that a few episodes back. But, uh, you know, that Starbucks had gotten beat down on some of those talks. Um, you know, Disney, my, uh, McDonald's, uh, all of those have been kind of, you know, getting getting sold off from some of the, the problems that have been in China. Even Tesla having that slow quarter, uh, you know, they still had that 254,000 uh, vehicle delivery. Uh, ultimately, that wasn't enough for investors. They really wanted to see that 300,000 quarter on deliveries. And uh, it did really not rebound the way I thought it was going to, because in my mind, we knew that it was going to be a light quarter. Uh, they had said that, you know, everyone knew that uh, the Shanghai shutdowns were going to hurt them. But uh, ultimately, it, it still sold off when those numbers were lighter. And now we're seeing some of that same talk with uh, Apple, with the computers being slower, uh, some shutdowns and some things like that. But they really haven't sold off that much on that news. You know, they're they're down about 25%, maybe not even 25% now, they're about 23, 22%. We were at about 185. Now they're trading down to 142.92, which just last year, this is uh this was a number one that 140 line is one that we crossed above and below time and time again. And uh, 
you know, right now they're trading at 23 times and I, I or on a PE basis. And I think that, uh, I think that's fair, but I also think that, uh, it, well, I know it's above the average for them and I, I do think it's going to get cut. So I don't know that I'm rushing out to buy Apple. And for that reason, that's some, a part of the reason that I don't go heavy in the indexes is because I want to look at all these numbers from individual companies. Uh, and at the same time, you know that when you're buying an index like VOO, you are getting a larger position in Apple. Uh, so be mindful that, you know, there could be a better way for you to buy the stocks that you really want, your high conviction names at a discount. Um, but when you're buying an index, you're buying them, you know, whatever all those companies are at at that given point in time. So just be mindful that, uh, you know, if Apple falls, it's going to really drag the S&P uh, 500 down because uh, Apple is 6.6% of net assets in the uh, VOO index. Looking at it now, uh, followed by Microsoft is 5.8%. Amazon's 2.9%. So just be mindful that, uh, you know, those three names are going to make up, what, about uh, 9, 15% roughly of the, uh, the S&P. So you're, you're buying a lot of the, the tech names, uh, specifically the, the top five or top 10 is a lot of tech. You got Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Tesla, uh, Google Class C, and then, you know, NVIDIA is down at the bottom of that. But um, a lot of tech there. So just be mindful that uh, you are setting yourself up for more exposure into tech doing it that way. But uh, that might not be a bad thing when the time is right. So just keep that in mind and uh, really try to preserve that cash. And that's really the, the mindset I'm in right now is cash preservation and being ready for uh, some from some further drops when uh, we get some possible recession news on July 28th. So that's what I got for you guys today. Please go ahead and vote up in the Let It Grow Investing, uh, Investing Challenge poll on Facebook. And uh, please make sure to like, subscribe and share. And if this podcast is really bringing you value, if you want to donate to the podcast to help keep us going, you can do that at anchor.fm slash let it grow. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, I will be back in the next one and I will see you soon. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.